TII item 297, February 18th, 2014. Android tablet is so crappy. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit hover.com. And as a new user, use promo code TIICOOK to save 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song with my iPhone 4 using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ben had the following to say. Hi, Rob. I made this artwork on my iPhone 4. First, I took a picture of the Apple logo on my MacBook Pro Retina. Then I cropped and added the text and added the border with the Cyclomatic Pro app. This app is awesome. It lets you take panoramas on your iPhone by using its vibration to spin it around. Regards, Ben K. Ben, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And you can see Ben's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 297 or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Business technology should contribute to efficiency. A real laptop or netbook does real work that helps a business succeed. So does a Blackberry, a Pre, or an iPhone. But cool as it may be, the iPad fails that crucial test. Ignore the frenzy. Save your money. Unquote. Bill Snyder, PC World, 19th of January, 2010. Yeah, I wanted to go back four years and look at some of the quotes about the iPad and just see how many people said it would fail or not do good. That said, I did not think it would sell as well as it did. But then again, no one really did, not even Apple. If you remember how many months, many, many months it was, supply constrained. Hopefully in 2014, Apple releases something new that exceeds all our initial expectations, but not so much right away that we can't get it. For promo codes, on episode 296, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Lottery Clone, two words, We will be giving out those promo codes sometime this week. If you would like to learn more about this app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 296. This week, we have promo codes for several apps. The first app we have promo codes for is the app Blaze and Graze. Here is the review from the devs. Greetings. We are developers from Wise Games, and we're presenting you Blaze and Graze. Blaze and Grace is not your usual endless runner. In the process of its development, we took inspiration from our beloved old-school shoot-em-ups. However, in order to keep things fresh, we've added a deep loadout customization and a boost system. Your character can get a random stackable bonus that will drastically change the course of the run, making each play unlike the other. 
And of course, graphics. We can offer you a truly high-profile graphics with a rich variety of enemies and locations. There is always stuff to see. We tailor this game to be a spectacular adventure. There is also a story, and a grim one. Our protagonist has sold his soul for the greater good, and only you can make the sacrifice count. So pick your gear, challenge your friends, complete quests. This game is made with love, and I hope that you like it. Thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Blaze and Graze, and for sending in the promo codes giveaway. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Blaze in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Slender Man Origins, three words. Here is the review from the dev. Hey everyone, we're a small group of developers and today we're presenting our new game, Slender Man Origins. Uh, the idea came to us when we realized that there just uh, aren't many decent games about him, and we thought, hey, why not give it our best and make a great game? We made sure to pay attention to all of the aspects, uh, the sound, the graphics, the events occurring, and the overall style. The usage of 3D sound is also adding some depth to the game, especially when you're using a set of headphones. There is the option of changing not only the location you are playing in, but also the weather conditions. Uh, playing in a thunderstorm makes a real difference when compared uh, to playing in the night theme. You can always uh, use your favorite control scheme. We've included three of them just to make sure everyone's comfortable. Thanks, and have fun playing Slenderman Origins. Thanks to the dev for his review of his app, Slenderman Origins, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Put Slender in the subject line. The third app we have promo codes for is the app Feed Me Munchie. Three words. Here is the review from the dev. Thanks, Rob. My name is Marco Gergic. I am one of the developers on Feed Me Munchie, a delicious arcade game available on all devices with iOS 4.3 and higher, or Android 2.3 and higher. In Feed Me Munchie, you help a team of adorable monsters eat candies and blow bubbles on their quest to bring peace back to the cupcake galaxy. The app is priced at US 99 cents or your local equivalent. It is also completely free of in-app purchases and pesky advertisements. Get in touch with Rob for your Munchie Meal ticket. Back to you, Rob. Thanks to Dev for his review of his app, Feed Me Munchie, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put feed in the subject line. As always, just send in one email for one specific item. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple items in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. I wonder what past Rob from April 2007 would say about this next article. And that is, if you combined all the Apple computers, with computer being defined as Macs, iPhones, iPads, and iPod Touches, you know, devices you can surf the web, answer emails, create and edit Word and Excel docs, you know, a computer, that if you combine the sales of all those devices last quarter, they outnumbered all the Windows PCs combined sold last quarter. Wow. Granted, you then also 
to be fair, need to add in all the Windows Phone devices. And then when you do that, it brings the number pretty much equal for our last quarter sales. Again, that is still amazing. And I bet if Rob from April 2007 was to predict that would have been the case, I would have far fewer listeners now as I would have been dismissed as a nut job and total Apple fanboy. To be honest, I don't think back then I would believe future or current me about that stat. But it's true now. Apple's influence in the computing space has never been stronger, despite the fire and brimstone articles you might see out there from Google fanboys. This is Jonathan of FormFilmCast.com reporting my Flappy Bird personal best of 15. Some give me grief about giving Android too much grief, but you know what? I'm not the only one calling Android names. One other person dogging on Android is Tim Cook. Mr. Cook said the following to the Wall Street Journal in an interview he did recently. Quote, We have over half a million apps that have been optimized for iPad. That half a million compares to 1,000 for Android tablets. That's one reason, although not the only reason, why the experience on Android tablets is so crappy. Unquote. Okay, so unlike some reported, he did not actually call Android tablets crappy. Just the user experience. Tomato, tomato. But I will say most Android tablets are crap. Especially those you see at Walgreens or CVS. Yikes. Total waste of money and total crap. Actually, the full interview with Tim Cook was very interesting. I like the part where he essentially calls Carl Icahn a day trader. Does not seem like Tim was sending or receiving any Valentines from Carl last week. One thing from the interview that raised a few eyebrows was when Tim was asked about Apple entering releasing new product categories in 2014. Tim's response was, quote, There will be new categories and we're working on some great stuff. We're not ready to talk about it. We're really working on some really great stuff. I think no one reasonable would say they're not a new category, unquote. What raised the eyebrows was the inclusion of the wiggle words. No one reasonable would say they're not a new category. Because, you know, everyone following tech is so reasonable. Myself included, in that sarcasm, by the way. Uh, and I watch a full-on Apple TV, yes, new category. A phablet or oversized iPhone? No, not a new category. I hope future Rob does not need to come back to that quote any time in the future. But just in case, I'm making a mental note of it now to help out future Rob. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor. And that is Hover. If you go to Hover.com and use the promo code TIICOOK, one word, as a new user, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations. That's T-I-I-C-O-O-K. One of the great features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional cost to hide the personal info on your domain. There is no annoying trick you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It's just a good, customer-friendly interface that is a joy to work with. So whether you are looking to redirect to your Facebook page or Google Plus page or Twitter or Tumblr pages... Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to go to find you on the web. Like, say, how I did with the Google Plus community by you going to todayinios.com community. 
Hover just makes it so easy to create those redirects. Remember, control your namespace. It's the best thing you can do on the web. So as an example, you could register yournamecom and then set up yournamecom slash Facebook to go to your Facebook page and yournamecom slash G plus to go to your Google plus page and so on. I am a customer and a very, very happy one of Hover and highly recommend them for your domain name needs. If you're a podcaster, you could register a domain and then forward yourdomain.com slash feed to your current RSS feed and then you own your feed. No need to be bogged down using some crazy WordPress plugin to try to manage your feed. Ugh. Remember, the promo code TIICOOK for users of Hover to save 10% on your purchases, that's TIICOOK, isn't it time for you to like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring and supporting this show. Hi, Rob. This is John uh, calling in regarding the caller using the reminders. In iOS 6, it worked fine. In iOS 7, you can't close out reminders. You have to leave it open in the background. Otherwise, you won't get the pop-ups. It'll do what he's saying, have the reminders, but they won't pop up. But if you leave it open in the background, the reminders will pop up. Uh, it works for the location, like you said, when I get home, remind me. And it seems to work fine when I do that. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just thought I'd chime in on the question of what reminders are used for. I'll give you two examples of how I use reminders. When I'm watching my Islanders, don't even go there, and we come to the end of the first or second period, I'll ask Siri to remind me in 17 minutes to go back to the game. 17 minutes later, I am reminded the game is about to resume. Second, frequently I need to bring something to work that is not part of my regular equipment, I'll leave the house at about 7.55 in the morning, so I can say to Siri, at 7.52 a.m., remind me to bring the tissues. Sure enough, I'm reminded on schedule. Doesn't mean I won't still forget. Regards, Kevin B. Hi, Rob. I want to give a tip about Siri. First of all, if you want to set a reminder, you need to say not only what to do, what you want her to do, or him, for you, but when as well. Something like, remind me to buy batteries for my mouse at 7 p.m. I will say, tomorrow at morning at 7 a.m. After midnight, Siri will ask you, do you mean, and, and then will ask for a specific day of the month, and you need to tell which one do you want to set the reminder for. Otherwise, you may wind up setting it not for the next morning, but the day after that. If you want to check out what Siri can do for you, just ask her, how can you help me, quote unquote. Regards, Art D. Well, thanks, Art, Barry, and John. Hi, Rob. This is Tom from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Calling on a reply to episode 296, where a gentleman called in asking what he uses reminders for and if it's useful. Anyway, I just thought I'd share my little two bits of how I use it. Number one, I never rarely set it by location because it will drain the battery. I always set it by time. I have three lists set in my reminder. Groceries, that way you can check them off as you go to the grocery store. They'll stay in there unchecked. You can recheck them and always pull up if you buy the constant thing. Groceries. Uh, reminders are in there. I have some set every week to remind me at certain times. And I have another one called tasks that actually syncs with Outlook for my work. So that way it shows up when I'm sitting at my desk. In notica notification center, 
make sure that, you know, the badge icon is on um, and the alerts so that we have a sound. Basically, you need to be religious about checking your reminders. I have it right on the home screen, so if there's a bubble on there, I know I haven't done anything. If the phone is locked, the reminder at a certain time pops right up on the screen. You can snooze it. That way, if you really need that to be popped constantly for you, or once you swipe and open and unlock the device, you know, you swipe down on your notification center, and there it'll sit there until you uncheck it and check it off. Anyway, I hope that helps. That's what I use it for. I live by it, and yes, I use Siri to set it up, set them. I uh, love the show, and have a great day. Bye. Here's how you would use Siri to remind you. Siri. Remind me to call Doug in one hour. Here's your reminder. It says, call Doug. Shall I create it? Yes. Okay, I'll remind you. And then in an hour, she will sound my alarm with the notification. I have not had any issues with her not reminding me to do things I tell it to remind me about. Love the show. Keep it going. Thanks to everyone that sent in information about reminders. I actually have more I'll play at the very end of the show. Some really good activity in our Google Plus community, which is to be expected that we now have 400 plus Google Plus users in that community heading towards 500. We had almost 50 posts since the last episode, and some of those posts had over a dozen replies. Of the most replied to posts, there was one from Bernard Walters about an issue or about issues with the podcast app and downloaded episodes not playing once away from Wi-Fi. Another was from Bruce Patterson asking if you can use multiple Apple TVs in the same house answer to this is yes. There was a post from Brendan Finnerty about the alleged iPhone 6 and not being sure about his feelings for a larger iPhone. Feedback was mixed, some saying they would welcome a 4.7 inch or larger device, others saying 4.5 to 4.7 inches would be great, and others saying the current size for one-handed use is the best case. So well, it seems like if Apple intros a larger iPhone, they are best to have an update for the current size as well. So instead of a plastic iPhone and a premium iPhone, maybe you get a 4-inch premium and a 4.7-inch premium to choose from. For all of the posts from the past week, the most replied to post was to Emil Kennedy's post where he asked if anyone has any good tips and tricks for the iPhone. had 29 comments and is a good read if you are looking for some good tips and tricks, and there are some great links and recommendations like downloading the iPhone user guide for free from the iBook store. And while there are dozens of other posts, and all in an Android boys free zone, yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Go to todayinios.com community to join in, and thanks to all the 400 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Oh, and there was one post from Ken Sweet, whom was getting a 404 error each time he tried to go to the community link from the TII site or even when typing in the URL directly. If you get this 404 error, let me know. I am not seeing it, and it didn't seem like anyone else was seeing it either. Or either. But I am curious if anyone else tried to join only to get the 404 error on their iOS device. Email me if that is you too. Today in iOS at gmail.com. Thanks, Ken, for the heads up on this potential issue. 
There were a few sites that had posts this past week that were all about a similar item they thought was breaking news for some reason, and that was Apple set to discontinue the iPad 2. Really? Apple is getting ready to discontinue a device it introduced over a thousand days ago? Shocker! And they're all trying to say that this discontinuation means something. Let me tell you what it means when or if Apple discontinues, or really when Apple discontinues the iPad 2. Let's say, assume they discontinue it here in the next month or two. It means nothing. Zip. Nada. It does not mean anything else is coming to replace it, because the replacements are already here. Look, the iPad mini Retina is also $399, the same price as the iPad 2. But the mini is Retina, has a better camera, and a much, much faster processor and many other features it just outshines iPad 2 on. That the iPad 2 is still for sale today is, well, the only really surprising news. Well, that and the fact people are buying it still. Oh, and if you ever hear anyone say Apple does forced obsolescence, which I've seen some people write about, the iPad 2 and its longevity is just one example that, well, those articles are just poppycock. Apple supports their devices much, much longer than any other tablet or smartphone maker out there, period. You know, I saw an article that just popped up and it said the average selling price of Android phones is now half the average selling price of iPhones. That's great because the average lifespan of Android phones is less than half of that of the iPhone. And when you get done at the end of that life, their value is nothing. Whereas with the iPhone at the end of its useful life, you can still get some money back on it when you sell it. I was at the grocery store the other day and I saw a bin where you could dispose your old electronics and on one notch where you could put in devices, it was like printer cartridges, and on the other one it said old cell phones. I really wanted to cross out cell phones and just write Android phones. Because, you know, a three-year-old Android phone is about as much value as an old printer cartridge, yet my sons are still playing with their seven-year-old, or com coming up on, I guess it's six-and-a-half-year-old iPhone. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one, which is, it is looking like a new Apple TV, fourth gen, the hockey puck, might be close at hand. It is definitely overdue, and given that Apple cleared out a spot for Apple TV on the Apple.com website, it kind of makes sense. Now, this is not just wishful speculation. There seems to be some code discovered in iOS 7 beta, uh, 7.1 beta, that, well, mentions a fourth-gen Apple TV. The current third-gen Apple TV, the 1080p version, was introduced back in March of 2012. The 720p version, the second-gen, was introduced in September of 2010. There has also been some other references found with regards to game controller framework could it be that the 4th gen Apple TV could also move more towards a game console? My oldest son has been peppering me constantly for an Xbox 360 for his birthday in April. Sure would like to see a new Apple TV slash game console I can get him instead. Hopefully said unit will be out before April. Other rumors out there with regards to a future Apple TV box is the addition of a TV tuner and DVR with iCloud integration. I find that not as likely, given that Apple sells TV shows um, that people miss for a few bucks a pop. Would be great if they did. Call me skeptical, but definitely receptive. I hope a lot more to come on this one in the very near future.
Apple Insider had what they called an unconfirmed tip with regards to iOS 7.1. Hmm, unconfirmed tip. Is that one step above or below an unconfirmed rumor? But the key gist of the tip was that iOS 7.1 is coming sometime in March. Wow, talk about taking a chance on a rumor. Oh, I mean tip. Anyway, given that it looks like an Apple TV is just around the corner, it'll be interesting to see if iOS 7.1 release is somehow tied in with the release of the new Apple TV. In which case, I hope this unconfirmed tip becomes a confirmed tip. Now, this tip did state that one thing new in iOS 7.1 would be mobile device management for IT teams to centrally and securely configure fleets of iOS devices, including installing apps, i.e. side-loading custom apps, which for my day job I hope comes true, as it would really boost our private premium offering we have for mobile workforces looking to securely push out premium content distribution, which, by the way, if your company is interested in being able to get out audio, video, and PDF documents securely and easily to your mobile workforce, please contact me at my day job, Rob at Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We have several clients we are supplying the service to, and it's working out really well for them. So again, if you have a mobile Workforce, Salesforce especially, you want to get out PDF slide decks, you want to get out audio files of interviews or just updates, audio or video, and you want to get it out to your Salesforce and you want to do it securely so that they can't share it. And again, contact me. I can help you guys out. I wonder if I invoice my boss for that ad, she'll pay it. Probably not. File this next one under Shocker. And it is per the post from Redmond Pie titled, quote, Flappy Bird for Android clones are rife in Play Store, comes with malware, unquote. Uh, no duh? Of course they do. But if you would like to see as an iOS user what you miss out on by not being on Android, there is one fake malwareish version of Flappy Bird's for Android discovered by Sophus that, quote, operates under the guise of being a trial version, throws in the old premium message scam with quite some force, whereas it's often the case that a user is tricked into sending premium SMS messages, racking up huge bills. This so-called trial goes down the coercive road of insisting that you do, and worse still, won't close down until you meet the demands, unquote. Brilliant! Yeah, like we've said before, Android is a world of malware hurt wrapped in fragmented ecosystem. I just don't get the appeal outside of possibly price and ignorance. Just saying. Thanks, Martin, for the heads up on that article. Hi, Rob. My best score on Flappy Birds is 46. Regards, Mike from Arizona. Wow, you have way too much time on your hands. I'm still at nine. Hey, Rob. Um, how's it going in TII listeners? Uh, this is Chris in Santa Barbara. Just uh, calling in about a comment a listener made about um, the Reminders app. And, you know, I used to use the Reminders app all the time to get alerts and stuff. And just over the past couple of updates, it's like not working anymore. So hopefully they can get that fixed at some point because it used to be very helpful. And now it just doesn't even work at all. So... You know, the listener, he 
Reminders is a really good app. It's just it's just broken right now. Okay, thanks a lot, Rob. Just wanted to put my two cents in. All right, have a great show. Hi, Rob. It's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. You had a listener ask about what is the purpose and usefulness of reminders and also for Siri. And I use Siri all the time for reminders. And I think the key thing that the listener was missing, and in your answer as well, is that you can do time-based reminders. So I will often need to remind myself, and instead of setting it uh, with a geosense like you indicated, uh, you know, when I arrive home, I just say, remind me at 7 p.m. to call TII, and then Siri will respond. You want, this is what it looks like. You say confirm, and then at 7 o'clock, the little reminder will come up. You can also set reminders with time based manually. So if you go into the Reminders app and you, you know, start typing a reminder, if you click the little I circle thing there, then that gives you some options to create it and be reminded on a certain day or time. Or uh, as you noted, also, uh, you can do that with uh, geography as well. Lastly, how to learn more about Siri. If you, if you hit the home button and invoke Siri, there's a little question mark icon in the lower left. If you click that, uh, then you get some uh, tips about how you can use Siri more effectively. Hope this helps. Kevin, thanks for your feedback. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, I just picked up two iPhone 5S's, 32 gigs for my wife and myself. Coming from a 4S, it's incredible. This thing is blazing fast. I love it. Now onto the point of my email. When I launch the camera, it always has HDR off. Why isn't there a way of keeping it, that option on at all times? I've looked through the settings, but I just can't find a way. Have you seen a fix any uh, in any of the betas? I hope there is a fix. On the same sort of note, do you have any good camera apps to recommend? Cheers and thanks for the show. Alex Z. Ziggy Man said. Hey Ziggy. Good news. In iOS 7.1 beta 5 at least, when you turn on HDR, it stays on until you turn it off. Per good photo apps, there are a ton. But you know what? We have not done a good coverage of photo apps in a while, so I will throw this out to the audience. What are your favorite photo apps right now and why? 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send in an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Please send in your suggestions. I will be putting them together for a good segment on photo apps, and I'm going to indicate which ones were the most popular. I will start us off, though, with some feedback I got from Photar this week. Hello, Rob. This is Shannon, or Sharon, from the mobile team at Fotar, F-O-T-O-R. Fotar is a photo editing tool. It has been updated to version 4.2.0, and you can now add text to your photos with lots of others or awesome fonts to choose from. Regards, Sharon at Fotar. Which, by the way, now makes it much easier to send in artwork for the show with TI branding on it for the episode artwork. Just saying. Hey Rob, I was just curious if you ever ended up getting the SOS Crank iPhone charger from Kickstarter. I know you talked about it, but I wasn't sure if you got one or not. I'm looking for an alternative way to charge my iPhone when I'm hiking or camping with my Boy Scouts and wasn't sure how well that charger worked. Regards, Dave T. Hi Dave, last I heard they were going to ship maybe in February. It is February. And I have not seen or heard anything from them. No links for a survey to fill out to give my mailing address. So that is kind of a bad sign and makes me really doubtful I will see it in February. 
I just hope it's here before April. That's my next trip. I'll be going to NAB in April. So would love to have it there for that show. By the way, if you're going to NAB, let me know. Would love to meet up with you. Uh, we'll have a booth there for Libsyn. Hi, Rob. Watched you on Mac Voice, Mac Jury. Thanks for the heads up on that link. I am a nifty drive Kickstarter supporter and user big time. Love it. Use it for my iTunes library and some client file backups. Helps keep the SSD clean and never even know it is there because it is so flush. Regards, Edgar P. Edgar, thanks for that feedback. Yeah, I really do need to get one for my MacBook Pro. Hey, Rob. This is Brian in Tampa. Your question about your Pebble and not uh, getting the notifications to come up in the Pebble iOS app is being enabled properly. All you need to do, and I found this out the hard way, is go into the Bluetooth settings and delete both the Pebble and the Pebble LE entries for your Pebble. Go into the Pebble app in iOS and tell it to connect. And when it goes to pair anew, then it will say, oh, okay, now I understand that I have notifications enabled. So obviously there's something in there that if you had it enabled before a certain update of the app, that the app doesn't realize that you already had it enabled and gives you a continual failure. That, that at least is what happened with me, and hopefully that gets you through that. Bye-bye. Brian, thanks for that feedback. And that's actually what I did do, and it seems to have helped. So hopefully we'll see going forward if that keeps my problems away. Jonathan of FormFilmGuest.com just passing on the news that Kickstarter has been hacked. A change of password is recommended, but deletion of your account is also an option. And what Jonathan is talking about is that, well, Kickstarter was hacked. Actually, here is what Kickstarter had to say about this. Quote, on Wednesday night, law enforcement officials contacted Kickstarter and alerted us that hackers had sought and gained unauthorized access to some of our clients' data. Upon learning this, we immediately closed the security breach and began strengthening security measures throughout the Kickstarter system. No credit card data of any kind was accessed by hackers. There is no evidence of unauthorized activity of any kind on your account. While no credit card data was accessed, some information about our customers was. Accessed information includes usernames, email addresses, mailing addresses, phone numbers, and encrypted passwords. Actual passwords were not revealed. However, it is possible for a malicious person with enough computing power to guess and crack an encrypted password, particularly a weak or obvious one. As a precaution, we strongly recommend that you change the password of your Kickstarter account and other accounts where you use this password, unquote. The key here is credit card info was not accessed, since that is really over at Amazon, which manages the billing. But if you are using a password on their system that you use elsewhere, probably best to update all around, and well, update at Kickstarter regardless. I would not suggest at this time you delete your accounts with Kickstarter, especially if you have any open items. But if there are nothing open on Kickstarter, i.e. everything you have ever ordered has been delivered, then deleting and starting over is not a bad idea. Just not if you have, oh, say, the SOS charger and the sound band, both of which are way overdue, still out there. Just saying. Okay, so for those of you not completely paranoid about using Kickstarter, we have a few projects you may want to get involved with this week. 
First up is the Neutron S, which is, quote, an anodized aluminum and magnetically shielded mount slash dock for all your mobile devices, unquote. This project had a goal of 10K and is over 40K in climbing. You have until March 6th at 9.01 a.m. Central Time to fund this one. Pricing on this one starts at $20, and I guess the best way to describe this is it is a mounting bracket system for your iPhone that allows for quick placement and removal, but it stays secure when in place. I did find it funny in one of the pictures. It shows it the uh, bracket mounted on the dash of a car right over the airbag. Uh, no, not a good idea. Not at all. Not unless you want your iPhone shooting at your face at a few hundred miles per hour when your car airbag deploys. Oh! But outside of that, it looked interesting. Look for Neutron S in the show notes for episode 297 or search for it over at kickstarter.com. Hi, Rob. I backed the original and I love it. It should be a great product. The Ultima S, a new way to hold style mount for iPhone and more regards, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. And this is another mounting solution for your iPhone. And hey, no pictures of mounting to your car's airbag. Goal on this one was 20K, and they are at over 25K. This one will accept funding until April 11th at 8.59 a.m. Central Time, so you have some time on this one. But if interested, always best to pledge early. Per the description on this, quote, Ultima S is the evolution of the original, successfully funded, stylish, all-aluminum, universal, in-car mount, iPhone, iPad, tablets, and more, unquote. Pricing on this starts at 45 Aussie dollars, but quantities are limited at that price, so we'll get them quickly. More info if you search for Ultima S in kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 297 over at todayinios.com. And here is one more Kickstarter project, and I know if you sponsor this one, you will get your reward and get it on time. And it is the Podcast Movement 2014 National Podcast Conference. I'm proud to say Libsyn is one of two gold sponsors for this event. I will be there speaking, and Libsyn should also have at least one other person at the event. This will be a podcaster's conference in Texas in August, just outside of Dallas and Addison. It will be August 16th and 17th, plus a little bit on the evening of the 15th. There will be some big-name podcasters attending. My good friend Gary Leland is one of the organizers on this and they blew past their goal of $11,000 in less than one day. If you'd like to go and get a discounted ticket, search for Podcast Movement in the show notes for episode 297. Funding on this is going on until Friday, March 14th at 10 p.m. Central Time. The goal of this event is to get at least 600 attendees, so if you are at all interested in podcasting and want to learn more and take your podcast, if you're already podcasting, to the next level, this is the event for you. Even if you don't podcast, but like to meet some of your favorite podcasters and then learn a little bit more about podcasting, this will be a great event for you. Hope to see some of you in Texas in August. I am sure I'll be talking about this for, well, well, until August. If you're going, please call into the show and let me know your show info to be shared with the listeners. Or just let me know if you're going and right now a podcast consumer. 
Hello, Rob. This is Bill in Oak Grove, Missouri. Just finished your February 11th podcast and found it interesting that you were discussing iPad airs and carriers. Want to relate an experience I had. I just got my significant other an iPad air from QVC, the shopping network on television. It's the only way I could afford to get it with their 6 CD payment plan. Anyway, it was said that it was set up for AT&T. So I thought, well, I could just pop a Verizon SIM card in there and go on down the road. So in trying to activate the Verizon SIM card, Verizon said it could not work with that IEMI. Called Apple, my Apple, and got technical support. And they said, yes, indeed, it was a locked AT&T iPad Air. And that iPad or AT&T would have to unlock it. So uh, just my experience, if you know another way around it, I don't know whether AT&T will unlock it or not. It's not under any kind of a contract, just the QVC 6 easy payment deal. <laughs> so uh, if you've got any good solutions for me, let me know, or I might just have to try to get AT&T to unlock it. Rob, thank you. Enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Bill, thanks for the feedback. And this doesn't seem quite right. I don't mean I, what people are telling you because... It's a GSM phone from AT&T, but it's the CDMA part that's probably going to cause an issue that it wasn't assigned for Verizon. And it seems like Verizon should be able to get you that working. So I would call your local Verizon store and talk to them again. Maybe, you know, Call a few different Verizon stores or Verizon customer service, better yet. Maybe you'll find someone nationally at Verizon that can help you with this. If anyone out there has taken an AT&T iPad, one you bought for AT&T, and been able to get it work on Verizon. Please call in. Let us know how you did that. Hi, Rob. I finally took the plunge and got an iPad mini, and you know I really like it a lot more than I thought I would. I also got the pencil from the guys that made the paper app, paper the 53 one, not the fake paper app from Facebook, and also really like it. It's a bit finicky, doesn't always connect as smoothly as I'd like, but it's fun to use. And I also got the Zag keyboard for it. It's a great little keyboard and works like my old bridge you did with a hinged slot that really holds the iPad securely while still being easy to take out. It feels very well made, like it, it'll last for a while. I have always really enjoyed the feel of Apple's products and hate having them hidden away in cases. So the fact that the keyboard is just a keyboard with no back or other cover is a big selling point for me. Of course, I bought a Square Trade warranty for it since I'm trucking it around with me virtually everywhere I go. I like having the smaller form factor on the iPad mini as now I can stick it in my purse instead of carrying around another bag to put the iPad in. Regards, Jesse D. Hi, Rob. I have some similar issues as Hector, and I am not jailbroken. It happens to me in the car with Maps app. I get an instruction read out loud to me, and when it's done, the music starts. I cannot turn it off. I can pause, but then the next instruction, it comes right back annoying, especially when you're getting lots of instructions back to back. Does not do it when use the Waze GPS only to default Maps app. Regards, Edgar, Tampa, and Florida. Hi, Rob. My name is Gary. I'm a longtime listener. I have a uh, response to Hector. He just the jailbreak, jailbroken phone. The issue where he disconnects his Bluetooth and suddenly the first song or a rant or a 
the fall song in his iTunes playlist will start playing. Uh, I had the exact same problem minus the jailbreak. I have never jailbroken any of my phones, iPhones, but I had the same problem. It turned out I used a non Apple audio headphone on my iPhone, and for some reason, it messed with the switch in the headphone jack programming that set the switch to, to a default listening of the iTunes whenever you just connect a device, audio device. So I'd always get that song, start playing. I think it was Genesis Abacab, of all things. But it uh, would always start playing every time I turn off the Bluetooth or disconnect the end of the call. And I finally found it by doing a lot of internet research. Plug in, the solution was to plug in a standard Apple headphone and play music, stop music, basically run through the cycle of how you can control the songs. And that fixed it for me. That did something to the switch, the, the programming firmware, tell it, hey, the proper headphones in, everything's back to normal. But the whole cause was running a non Apple. Uh, aftermarket headphone set. And if he does a little search on the internet for it, he might find better detail. This happened to me a couple years ago, and my memory's a little little faded on it, but that was it. And I don't think he'll need to change the jailbreak or anything like that. Really love the show. Thanks for everything, and good luck, Hector. Take care. Gary, thanks for that feedback. Sorry to my friends down under. At the end of the last episode, this article was supposed to be in there, but I put in the wrong episode number. Oh, well. And that is that now iTunes Radio is available to Australian iOS users. Congrats. Just open the iTunes app on your iOS device, and you should see the iTunes Radio logo to the left. Jonathan of FormFilmCast.com, proud to report a new personal best on Flappy Bird, 16. Thanks to Ben K for this next one, which is kind of iOS-related, in that it was speculated that Apple was talking to Tesla to get iOS device integration into their cars. But now it looks like the talks might have been a cover for Apple to talk with Tesla about buying Tesla over a year ago. Now, this is not likely to ever happen, as Tesla's market cap today is over five times where it was a year ago. Right now, it is around $25 billion. Back then, it was around $4.5 billion. And really, if you look at Apple's history, there was probably very little chance to basically no chance of it happening a year ago, as Apple has never made an acquisition over a billion dollars. So going for one that at that time would have likely cost them six to seven billion once they put in their premium, it just does not seem likely it could have happened. That all said, darn. I really, really, really would have loved to see Tesla pulled in under the Apple umbrella. Now Google will likely buy them, given that whole driverless car thing that they're working on. It just seems to make sense to go with Google. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from Vegas uh, calling in about the Reminders app because I know you had a caller asking about it. And I'll tell you what, I use it like crazy and it's great for me. Now, when I set a reminder, I don't do, I don't do the geo fence thing so much. I really do more of a time of day thing. So I might say, because I travel a lot, I might say at, at 10 p.m. remind me to pack my whatever. And I really don't want to put that kind of thing on my calendar because when I look at my calendar, that's for, for uh, appointments and things like that. If I put every little reminder on my calendar, my calendar is going to get crazy. So I use it for everything like remember to tell my daughter to bring her book to school. But I'll, I'll usually say it at a time, you know, at 7 a.m., tell my daughter to do this or tell my son to do this. Also, inside Reminders, I have like 12 different lists. And a lot of people don't realize you can make different lists inside of Reminders. So I have a call list. I have a shopping list. I have an errands list. 
I have a reading list. I have everything. So, and I use Siri. I'll say, add to the call list, call Rob. Or I'll say, add to the shopping list, carrots. And it puts them all in the right place. Now, on those other lists, I don't have them set to remind me at a certain time, but it's still, it's so useful. And again, it comes up on all my devices. So if I have 20 minutes that I can make some calls, I just look at the call list and there it is. If I'm heading to the grocery store or near the grocery store, I can look at the shopping list and see, you know, what's on there. When you're in the Reminders app, just make sure, you know, next to it, you click that I. Once you click on the Reminders app, then click on the I and make sure it's set to a certain day and time. You can do that to make sure. But if usually if you say, you know, remind me tomorrow at 8 a.m., it'll remind you tomorrow at 8 a.m. That's all I have to say. The Reminders app is great for me and uh, hope this helps. Catch you later. Thanks, Mike, for the feedback. Back into the email bag. Hello, Rob. I've got a problem with my FaceTime not working on when I'm on cellular 3G. It works fine over Wi-Fi. I rang my network and they said they are not blocking FaceTime. I've also used it many times when on 3G. I rang Apple and have gone through some diagnostics with them, resetting network settings, turning off FaceTime and back on again, reauthorizing my email and number, etc. and to no avail. All they said to do was back up my phone and restore it. Anyone got any ideas? I've included a screenshot of the error box that pops up when I'm trying on cellular to FaceTime, which says, quote, no network connection, connect to a Wi-Fi network or mobile data to use FaceTime, unquote. Regards, Ryu in Sheffield, England. Hi, Ryu. It does sound like your carrier is blocking it or something is not configured correctly with your carrier. That said, if anyone else has had this issue and was able to fix it, let us know what you did to fix it. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. In episode 296, someone asked how to get a PDF file from an iPad to a PC that does not have iTunes account. Several PDF applications can do this. PDF Master or PDF Expert, for example, are two. Select PDF file, choose Open In, then choose one of these PDF apps. From that app, choose an export option to email the file and send it to yourself. If you have an email account on your PC, then you can access the PDF file from your email. Regards, Chuck H. Hi, Rob. On your last show, a caller wanted to transfer PDF from his iPad to a computer his iPad wasn't synced to. The solution I have used is to email the PDF to himself and download it on his computer. Regards, Ben K. Hi, Rob. One of your readers was asking about transferring PDF documents from another PC to another PC. Best app for this is an app called Phone Drive, one word, for both iPhone and iPads. As long as your PC has a web browser, you will be able to access Phone Drive and transfer any file back and forth, and even between iOS devices. Of course, the iPhone, iPad, iPod, and PC all need to be on the same Wi-Fi network for this to work. Regards, Quintus. Hi, Rob. This is Jake from Temecula, California, calling regarding a question that one of your listeners had on episode 296 regarding Adobe being able to open PDFs uh, on a Windows PC. The easiest solution, I use Adobe all the time. I use Adobe Acrobat on the iPad, iPhone. I also use Adobe Photoshop on my iPad. And two different options there. On Adobe Acrobat for the reader, you can open a PDF by just getting a free two gigabyte account 
with Adobe um, at Acrobat, adobeacrobat.com. Uh, create your account. Same thing on your iPad once you have their Adobe app, which is free. And you can upload to the cloud storage there, and you can pull the documents back and forth wherever you want, sync them to that, make changes, you know, kind of like iCloud does for pages and numbers and stuff like that. For if you're using for Photoshop, Photoshop is the same thing. It's called the Creative Cloud. I use Dreamweaver. Um, I use Photoshop on my uh, PC, and you can do the same thing, copy photos back and forth. If you have uh, Adobe Photoshop um, on your iPad or PS Touch or whatever they end up calling it, so you can sync things back and forth. I hope this helps. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Gentlemen, thank you all for your feedback. Thanks again to our sponsor today, and that is Hover.com. Remember, for new users, use promo code TIICOOK, one word, to get 10% off your purchases. Hover is who I manage all my domains with, and I really do love their service and recommend them even when they're not advertising on the show. Again, use promo code TIICOOK to save 10% when you first purchase domain names with Hover. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TI app. Not just the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get push messages when a new episode goes live or there's other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 the App Store helps you get the most out of the show and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone else said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something someone else or anything else, as long as it's an app or product review, good or bad. Again, if it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And as always, we are looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our new moderated Google+. Plus. Well, it's not so new anymore, but our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that folks is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. New studies are investigating why more Americans are committing suicide than ever before. But the answer won't come easy. Many experts say there are several factors as to why the average American may want to harm themselves.
This is Tosin from Hockley Heath, Solihull, UK. As per the gentleman in episode 296 who called asking about two things. One about the Reminders app as well as Siri. Um, first of all about the Reminders. I would advise for him to check whether there's any problem with his phone because um, personally I've not had any issues with the Reminders at all. Um, two ways I use it. Basically, yes, I can an enter reminders into it manually, and it gives me both a visual as well as audio reminder at the set time. Also, I use um, Siri to activate um, geolocation reminders. So, say for instance, I was uh, intending to call John Doe uh, on my way to work, or as soon as I leave home. I just uh, say to Siri, uh, remind me to call John Doe when I leave home. And it does exactly that. And it can also remind you to do something in particular, either at a particular time or when you arrive at a particular place or leave a particular place. So it can use both geolocations as well as set times to remind you of um, items. And uh, about Siri, uh, I think the more pertinent question is, what can't Siri do? Um, and, and I think the easiest way of um, discovering what the potentials of Siri are is basically to activate Siri. And as soon as you do this, look to the left-hand lower corner of the screen and tap on the question mark sign. And basically, this gives you a list of different functionalities for Siri listed under different um, titles such as calendar, messaging, email, reminders, even cinema listings, uh, playing music, searching for apps on your phone, um, activating apps on your phone and things like that, even searching calendar and um, contacts. I think basically, you know, Siri just takes 
the functionality of a personal digital assistant to a whole new level. I hope the gentleman finds this information useful. Anyways, love the show. Keep up the good work. Good morning, Rob. Hey, it's Shannon in Fountain Hills, Arizona. I just finished listening to your uh, podcast number 296. A uh, listener named Mike called in uh, asking about reminders. I think uh, I think he'll enjoy it once he learns how to use it. Uh, I use reminders constantly. I use them for everything, for uh, pick up a, a loaf of bread on the way home or, or just remind me to go search something on the web when I get home. Uh, I don't do location-based because, like you said, it turns on on the location uh, services, and I don't I don't care for that. I just use time. So all you have to do is just tell Siri, uh, remind me, uh, pick up bread at 5 p.m. and that's how that's how she works. And then it will set up the time. Now, if you're doing it manually, just go in, set a reminder, type in uh, what you want the reminder to be, and then on the far right side of it. It's a, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be an eye with a circle or if it's just a, uh, some sort of little tiny icon. But anyway, on the far right side of the reminder input screen, you'll see it looks like a, an eye with a circle around it. Tap that. That takes you to the next screen where then you can enter uh, your date and time that you want it to remind you. Or, of course, you can also do location and you can make it a repeating reminder. Like I'll even use it for medicine sometimes to remind me every night at 7 p.m. to take my medicine or something like that. So, uh, yeah, that's how it works. I use reminders so often mainly because I don't like uh, filling up my calendar with just quick little uh, reminders that I don't, you know, that, that I don't need to see all the time. It just it does give you a visual and an auto audio reminder like uh, like you're, like he was looking for. So I hope that helps. Take care, Rob. Goodbye. Hey, Rob, this is Brent Harbolt out here in Oklahoma City, and I know I'd left a message earlier about um, the reminders and how to use that and some Siri things, but I thought of some more things um, that I use Siri for that's that's really handy that I don't know if you can kind of merge the messages together, but it might be helpful to some people. But one thing I really like to use Siri for is to tell me my calendar entries. So you can actually say, do I have anything on my schedule today? And it will read those out for you. Or what do I have on my schedule for this week? And it will read all of those um, appointments out. Also, you can tell it to turn on certain alarms, disable alarms. You can have it set alarms for you. Um, Siri is good to um, also read you notifications. You can have it read notifications that you missed, uh, any notifications that came in. Um, read emails. Um, you can tell it to read emails. Also, convert things, convert uh, measurements or convert money. Um, tell it to convert dollars, certain dollars to euros, whatever. Um, you can tell Siri to, um, let's see, oh, the weather. Um, you can tell Siri to uh, what's the weather going to be like today? Or tell me what the five-day forecast is or whatever, and Siri will go over that with you. Also, you can have Siri get stock prices for you. Ask them what the stock price is for a certain stock symbol. So there's just a, a million things, really, that, that you can use Siri for, and I know that person was asking. Probably I'm giving them more information than they wanted, but the thing is, is that I'm finding, you know, every day there's more things that you can use Siri for than just, you know, sending a text message or calling somebody. Um, so just uh, wanted to 
mention a few more things to you guys. Anyway, have a great day, Rob. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Rob. It's Jacoby from Houston, and I'm calling in reference to the caller with the first Siri-enabled iOS device. His first comment was about the Reminders app. I use this with Siri on an almost daily basis. I also have several lists made, such as one called Reminders, one for groceries, one for shopping, etc. To have one alert you at certain times, you have to tell Siri specifically what you want. Like yesterday, I told Siri to remind me to call someone Thursday at 12 noon who was in my contact list. As an added bonus, and if done correctly, in the Reminders app, that person's name will be highlighted in blue, which is a link to the person's contact info. That also means when you're reminded to call that person, a pop-up will appear with an option to call them, which is one list up for you. I also do not use geofencing to save battery and why I prefer time-based alerts instead of location-based. And in regards to Siri, when you press and hold the home button to activate Siri, in the bottom left corner, there is an information button which gives you the whole gamut of things Siri can do. A lot of things come in handy, such as reserving a table at a restaurant or buying movie tickets. One pretty neat trick I like to show people is when you ask Siri what airplanes are flying overhead right now, a map will appear showing what airplanes and airlines are currently flying over you. And for any of you geeks out there, tell Siri up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, VA start, and see what answer you get. Also, I was just wondering for any of the other callers, if they're having issues in iOS 7, where they are not able to access the App Store. It really becomes unbearable at times since I use apps such as Apps Gone Free and App Shopper to get daily deals on apps, and I'm not able to access the App Store. Or if I hear about a great app and want to download it but can't. I've gone to the Apple Store and called Apple Care to address the situation, but never got any concrete feedback. Sometimes I have gone up to two days without App Store access. What usually happens is I'll tap on the App Store icon and a white screen with the usual feature, top charts, purchase tabs appears at the bottom of the screen and stays that way for an undefined amount of time. Or I'll tap on the icon and the App Store just crashes. The only way I have found to get around this is to restart my device. But with that, when I go back to the app store it will load but when i tap on the app to download it it freezes up or crashes again then i rinse and repeat and i can finally download the app usually this sometimes works but is extremely annoying just wondering if anyone else is having the same issue since this is happening on all my devices i have a fifth gen ipod touch an iphone 5s and a retina ipad mini just putting it out there since no one else I know is having the same problem. Once again, thanks, Rob, for this show. Hey, Rob. It's Tracy from Nashville. In episode 296, someone asked about the usefulness of reminders and also different ways to use Siri. You mentioned reminders works uh, with location-based geofences, and that uses a battery. I never use that because the fact that it uses a battery. Um, but I do use reminders all the time. 
you can set them manually, or you can say something like, Siri, remind me in the morning to bring my lunch to work. If you say morning, the default will be a 7 a.m. reminder. Um, or you can say something like, remind me at 4.30 p.m. to call Janice and ask what they're bringing for dinner. Uh, you could also get a visual, or you should get a visual and an audible alarm. If that's not happening, then I recommend checking your notification settings and making sure that reminders is set to give you both types of alarms. Um, it's always worked flawless for me, and I think the, the default is that it should have been set to give those reminders. Also, Reminders has become my checklist app for things I don't need alerts for. Uh, I have several random to-do lists, uh, and it's, it works quite well since it's already on your phone. Uh, also, since my wife and I use AnyList, which is a great shared grocery list, there's a cool feature that you can set up. If you create a grocery list in Reminders and enable it in AnyList, then you can tell Siri something like, add milk to the grocery list, and the next time you open up any list, milk will automatically be on there. Um, the only caveat is that if you share a list, realize that items only get imported to that app once you open any list. So for instance, if I told Siri to add OJ to the grocery list, but then I didn't later open the any list app, and my wife goes to the grocery store and she's on her phone and op opens up any list, then OJ's not going to show up there. Um, as far as Siri, there's a ton of uses, uh, more than what was mentioned on the podcast last time. I would say just search Google for things that you can ask Siri. There are a bunch of articles and exhaustive lists of things that you can say or ask Siri. iMore has had some really good ones. Also, you can just press the home button to enable Siri, and if you don't say anything, it'll bring up a, a bunch of suggestions of things you can say, and it'll start scrolling through options, or you can manually scroll through to see different things you can say or ask. Uh, I also highly recommend just trying anything, and you might be surprised at how much she's capable of. Um, you know, something like, should I bring an umbrella today? Uh, of course, then there's all those funny things. You could say, what does the fox say? Uh, or, what is the movie The Matrix about? Um, that's not so much practical as humorous. Uh, and then, separately, someone had asked about apps that randomly start playing even when you didn't push play. Uh, iHeartRadio is definitely guilty of this. I've had it happen multiple times through different iterations of that app. Sometimes an update will for that app will start making it happen, and other times it'll fix that bug. It's definitely not a jailbreak problem because I've had it happen both, you know, when I've been jailbroken and when I've not been jailbroken. My wife's never been jailbroken, and she has it happen. Um, and iHeartRadio seems to be the worst culprit, but it'll happen with the podcast app and others sometimes. I don't know if that's more of an OS bug or specific to that app. Lately, I've, heard, I've had a strange thing that's almost the opposite problem when I listen to Stitcher. Uh, if I'm not in the app and then I go back to the Stitcher app while it's playing, it'll just stop playing. Go figure. Uh, but as always, great job on the podcast. Keep it up, and I'll keep listening. 
One final note, my son Porter, my younger son, who's five years old, told me that he wants to be a podcaster, and he's going to have his own show. What I need from anyone who's willing to do this is just call in, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG. Just call in and ask any question. He just wants to answer people's questions. It could be a question, it could be a problem, what doesn't matter. Just anything, and we're not talking iOS related, just anything you want to call in and ask why are my tomatoes not growing? I don't, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. He just wants people to call in with the questions and he's going to answer their questions and you know how a five-year-old's going to be with those, so don't take it too seriously. But he wants to be a podcaster and that's what he wants to do for his show is answers people's questions or problems, as he said. So give us a call and say, hey, Porter, and then state your question or problem and then Porter will answer on a future episode of his show. Porter's Podcast, I think is what we're going to call it.